Hello and welcome to the Flow Code podcast, where we're dedicated to spreading the ideals of open source development, community collaboration, and engineering innovation. I'm your host, James O'Reilly, a civil structural engineer based in Vancouver, BC, Canada. Our mission is to empower engineers across the globe through a multi-dimensional approach to learning. We dive deep into technical topics, especially Python's potential in civil and structural engineering, alongside broader engineering-focused subjects like soft skills, economics, science, modern technologies, and industry trends. I'm extremely passionate about Python's application in our field, but I want to emphasize that Flowcode's overarching goal is about fostering growth and continuous improvement. So we talk about a lot more than Python on this podcast. Check out the Flowcode newsletter on Substack for more. The links are all in the description. And with that said, let's dive into today's episode. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Flow Code Podcast. This is episode number two, Dose. Um, I am very excited slash energized by all of the positive feedback that I've been getting so far with the Flow Code project. So thanks everybody out there for listening. It's, uh, it's absolutely awesome. And... With that being said, I'm going to just jump right into today's episode. It's a bit of a weird one. Today I'm going to talk about problem solving, a practical methodology for engineers. Now, before anybody gets too carried away here, this is a, it's a delicate topic. You know, engineers by definition solve problems, so far be it for me to be telling anybody how they should go about their business. And, um, you know... In my own experience doing that, I would have probably a similar success rate as if I were to ask my lovely wife to calm down, aka zero, zero percent from the field. Um, so I'd like the listeners out there to just consider this episode as a sort of a peer's perspective offered with humility and, you know, acknowledging that there's a lot of professionals out there who are incredibly good at solving problems. So this is really just a sort of, uh, some of my ideas that I've picked up throughout the years. And it's not a one size fits all solution, but it's more of a, a starting point for reflection and hopefully discussion. And hopefully like some people hit me up with some of their own ideas and we can collaborate and take from there. Okay, so the theme of what I want to talk about today, because flow code is essentially based around Python and engineering, is sort of the intersection of engineering and programming and, you know, the the things that you can learn from both topics. They're, they have a shared commitment to precision and efficiency and both topics involve constructing systems. They could be concrete steel or code and both uh, the products of structural engineers and civil engineers and software engineers all need to perform reliably under various conditions so we're kind of going to look at some of the ideas of software development and how those parallel with the different types of planning and execution required in, in structural engineering so Obviously, 
pragmatism and efficiency is the goal at all times. It's the engine that drives projects. Um, and it really reflects the, the same principles of software engineering that create you know a robust and scalable um, software solution. So that's easy to say, you know, pragmatism is a, a widely acknowledged virtue in engineering, but the practical application of pragmatism, it's a lot more challenging than it appears. It's a kind of this nebulous concept, like be pragmatic. It's like, how do you do that? Um, it, and the best definition of it that I can come up with is that it just takes an extremely disciplined uh, focus on simplicity and functionality all the time and resisting this persistent allure of overcomplication which I have been guilty of countless times and just trying to always focus on what really works within the constraints of the project within the time and the budget that you have available which is always not enough um Okay, so a first section that I want to talk about is framing the problem. That was a big, long, blusterous preamble. So we're into the framing the problem. This is the first section. So we begin by confronting a problem that demands a solution. And to clearly define the problem, you have to go beyond the surface symptoms and understand the underlying issues, like the questions behind the questions. And it makes me think back to my squeakier substantially squeakier six-year-old self asking my poor dad a conveyor belt of bullshit questions of like why why but why but how and why until the poor man would would be on the verge of an aneurysm and then using every fiber of his being to remain calm would just tell me to shut up while he usually while he was driving um, but uh, I, I feel like I was on to something. Just, you just ask a, a continuous loop of why. And a problem well stated is a problem half solved, you know? That's what I say. Well, actually, no, I don't. Somebody else said that, and then I, now I'm parroting it. Um, but breaking down complex challenges into smaller, more manageable parts, like it's the classic divide and conquer strategy and it simplifies your problem and often enables parallel development which is a very common theme in software engineering but any big engineering project by virtue of getting the job done there has to be many different streams of parallel development so just scaling that and thinking about that for your regardless of the size of your problem it makes these bigger issues which are quite intimidating initially, a lot more approachable and executable. So another one is, or not another one, but uh, a key booby trap is assumptions. Assumptions are the Achilles heel in problem solving. So I've blindly followed poor assumptions many times and questioning every hypothesis or commonly accepted truth in a project is so important and the psychology of accepting unproven realities is a fascinating one it's almost like mob mentality 
and especially when you start to consider authority bias which is you know well this guy's got a lot of experience and he's saying this so it must be true usually it is but not always um social proofs is another one if like everybody believes it maybe there's something to it um that does not apply to the recent shenanigans with u.s congress and ufos which is a story for another day but fascinating nonetheless uh information cascades um you know this guy told this guy who told this guy who told this guy who told me so it's got to be true it's gone through five or six regulatory bodies surely somebody somewhere along the line verified this information as fact but not always so anyway you, you get the point um begin with a neutral standpoint focus on formulating precise questions that delve into the heart of the issue this is kind of um essential to to grasp a problem thoroughly before attempting to develop any solutions and a quote that i have in my notes here that i really like is the quality of inquiry often dictates the innovation in response and i just like the way that sounds because it really is true like the best people ask the best questions and you can draw good information out of a situation by asking a good question everybody loves a good question like when you hear a good question you go "Ooh, that was nice that was nice and it just elevates the situation and people can be like we all understand this a little bit better so anyway moving on um planning we're in the planning phase so we're assuming this kind of a problem this fictitious hypothetical problem that we're dealing with here could be any problem but generally speaking it would be some sort of design problem so the planning and design phase is where the foundation for success is laid and this is where you need to establish clear requirements and constraints and the clarity in your requirements is really what's going to help build your roadmap to solving your problem keeping things lean and focused and avoiding unnecessary complexities they're everywhere just screaming in your face to acknowledge them and it takes a lot of discipline to not do that um i like iterative design like if i'm modeling or doing stuff i like making changes tweaks seeing how things adapt or respond or and i like to who doesn't like to do that uh, but we don't always have time so starting with the minimal minimal viable solution and then refining through successive iterations is is a way to build some resilience in your design process and this is really true when it comes to finite element modeling or any sort of 3d modeling um if you can't clearly explain from first principles what you're doing with a complex fea model like a big model you've got no business doing it you really need to be able to break it down into individual components and understand the behavior of like what is going on like can you replicate this in a simple free body diagram do you know do you have a good idea of what the load paths are before you start building a model and this is another tripwire that has gotten a lot of 
engineers that I've spoken to throughout the years about this topic and that's when you're building a model everybody wants to go more detail finer mesh higher resolution because it feels more accurate and it feels like you're getting a more in-depth um it feels like you're doing a more in-depth analysis and oftentimes you are oftentimes that is what's required especially if you're doing some sort of not tricky non-linear stuff but generally speaking i'll kind of try and start as zoomed out as i possibly can with less nodes uh, less plates more elements like the the simpler that you can start with the better because then you can sort of flesh things out from there and you have a, a ballpark idea of the behavior of your structure so like say for example you're looking at a a multi-span bridge you know or a cable stay bridge or something that's quite complex if you can simplify that down initially into just like line elements that represent your piers or your deck or your cables then you've got a much more intuitive understanding of the overall behavior of the structure globally and then you slowly build from there because if you build this entire structure with all of the detail straight off the bat you're going to have absolutely no idea how to track down or debug um, issues in your model it's uh and that's probably obvious to a lot of people listening but that's one of the the biggest pieces of advice that i have for younger engineers that are doing 3d modeling is really focus on running a sort of a parallel model that's super simple that you can explain and understand and manage in tandem with a more detailed model okay i kind of got sidetracked there sorry about that guys let's move on to over engineering this is a, a common pitfall that can lead to increased costs extended timelines and systems that are cumbersome to maintain like what i just said a massive over-the-top detailed model with 10 billion soil springs that are totally unnecessary um leonardo da vinci once said simplicity is the ultimate sophistication and i think that holds true in our business as much as it does in art uh, i'm just going to check the time here oh my god 12 minutes lads okay i'm going to move on to review and refinement so the iterative cycle is never complete until you get to a stage of review and refinement and when you're talking about the world of programming code reviews are a big part of it just like in engineering where you have senior review of whatever you're doing it's essential to quality assurance and this collaboration helps with catching errors but it also facilitates knowledge sharing and collective ownership of a project's success this is a an interesting topic and i've definitely noticed since covid that this type of knowledge sharing is it hasn't it's changed or it's shifted a little bit when i was a younger engineer i used to gain a lot of knowledge by just being in a, a larger meeting group where more senior staff would explore or brainstorm their way through 
some sort of a complicated problem with a whiteboard and they would be sketching stuff and talking through ideas and me as a fly on the wall with you know not much to contribute other than nodding my head or saying something that was horrendously inaccurate or painfully obvious I would just I learned so much in those scenarios and it's kind of lost a little bit um you know I I do enjoy working with my computer and sharing my screen and doing sort of interactive explanations of concepts and stuff like that I can explain stuff better I can run through things more efficiently with my computer and with my screen than I can with a whiteboard but there's just something to be said for the analog nature of being able to focus and think about concepts on a whiteboard and draw them on a whiteboard like everyone's focused on that specific thing and a lot of the times on these bigger meetings uh, these bigger virtual meetings there's usually only two or three people that are really actively engaged and then everybody else is in the background chilling out doing whatever I'm not saying that's always the case but I'm just saying that's often the case okay <clears throat> so another sorry I got the I got sidetracked again moving on to books that have helped so I'm going to talk about a few books that really helped um with my ability to frame and solve problems the first one is the pragmatic programmer by andrew hunt and david thomas that's a little bit of a heavy lifting for somebody that's brand new to programming i'd suggest give yourself maybe a few months like six months or a year of of um, programming so that you understand the basics and you can navigate you're just familiar with sort of the main concepts but it's a it's a book that is kind of split up into i don't know maybe like 40 sections and all of these sections are like different key principles in good efficient programming and a huge amount of them blend really well with engineering there's just so much stuff that crosses over and it really helped to um give my brain a bit more flexibility in in how to solve problems and one of the things that they talk about in there that really stands out and i'll do a post dedicated to it someday soon is orthogonality and is that how you say it? orthogonality and design which is essentially designing some sort of a feature that is totally independent of another so when you think of like two orthogonal lines like uh, latitude and longitude on a map you can move one or the other and it doesn't really interfere um with with they don't interfere with each other that's a terrible explanation but i think hopefully you get what i mean uh the next one is clean code a handbook of agile software craftsmanship this one's uh also a bit of heavy lifting but if you're learning python and you're interested in that kind of stuff it's just really good to get it straight from the horse's mouth that's a classic book by a guy called robert c martin um so i like that one uh the lean startup by eric rice or reese i don't know if that's how you say his name that's just a book about extremely agile startups and every engineering project is a startup of some description and there's just tons of pragmatic 
ideas of how to do things in the most efficient way. And I recommend that book to everybody. It's just all about being adaptable and efficiently finding solutions and reacting with an open mind in the right way at the right time as much as possible. So none of those are specific to civil or structural engineering, but I did find a lot of value in in their ideas. So with that being said, one engineering specific but casual book that I that I really like is Structures or Why Things Don't Fall Down by J.E. Gordon. It's just a kind of a a pleasant read on structural engineering. So I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with that. If you're not, check it out. It's uh, it's cool. And then uh, a bonus is uh, the Feynman Lectures on Physics by Richard Feynman. This guy is just, he's the best. It's the most incredible set of explanations of the basic principles of physics. I recommend this to anyone that's interested in science or physics or the nature of reality. Like the clarity of Richard Feynman's delivery on any topic is absolutely inspiring um i love all of his stuff and there are so many topics that that guy has explained in a way that i was just like mind blown just whole jesus that is that makes so much more sense than whatever ridiculous model i had built up in my head over the years i spent in school and reading popular science books anyway time for the conclusion in conclusion the journey through problem solving and engineering is a continuous learning process enriched by the insights from various disciplines it's often fraught with unexpected challenges like navigating through trap doors wild goose chases and moments of wheel spinning but these hurdles are integral to the process this post draws parallel between programming principles and structural engineering emphasizing the universal principles of pragmatism efficiency and continuous improvement that underlie successful problem solving and this methodology as i said at the beginning is not a rigid framework but a flexible tool set that encourages a mindset of curiosity and by embracing these principles engineers can navigate their projects with a broader perspective of the end goal as you continue to push the boundaries of what is possible just remember that at the heart of every great engineering feat lies a simple and profound truth The best solutions are often those that simplify complexity, harness efficiency, and adapt to evolving needs. Let this be a guiding principle as you forge ahead in your quest to solve the engineering challenges of today and tomorrow. Guys, that's it. That's it for today's episode of Flow Code. I have absolutely no idea what the appetite is for a podcast version of this project and I'm just experimenting. Um, we're going to talk about a lot more stuff than code. I got some interviews in the pipeline. Um, as always, hit me up on Substack if you have questions, thoughts, concerns, ideas. And I will see you in the next one. Thanks for listening to the Flow Code podcast. For deeper dives, please visit flowcode.dev and make sure you're subscribed to our newsletter to stay in the loop on new content. And don't worry, we don't do spam. You can connect with me on LinkedIn if you have thoughts, questions or ideas, get in touch. I'm James O'Reilly. 
keep innovating, and I'll see you in the next episode.